Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going, to, I am going there to prepare a, pa- <laughs> prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know. My Father as well. There. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do these works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything from me in my name, and I will do it. I've shared with you many times before about my terrible, terrible sense of direction. And it was only last week when I was trying to get to Red Hill Hospital, which I've been to many times before, and I completely sailed past the exit on the motorway, whatever motorway that was. (laughs) Then I ended up, apparently I could have rescued it at that point, if I'd have turned that way instead of that way on the M25, But since I didn't, I went through Godstone, Bletchingley, Nutfield. It was an interesting journey. In John 13, just before this morning's reading, we read of a journey that Jesus is making. And he says that the disciples can't follow him on it. John 13, 36 says, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. The disciples didn't quite understand that at first because they didn't know what was going to happen. You see, this was at the end of Jesus' life. He'd done lots of miracles. He taught many people. And here he was with his disciples not long before he was going to be crucified. I'm sure it won't have been an easy time for him. He knew what was about to, be, to happen, but equally he knew that it wasn't the end. And he knew that God had a plan for people, beyond death, for everlasting life. But the disciples asked him where he was going. They didn't know. And Jesus told them that he was preparing a place for them. They couldn't follow now, but they could follow later and he would come back for them. And then Jesus said one of the most well-known things that I'm sure you'll have heard, one of the most well-known phrases. In verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What a statement. It's certainly bold, and for many people today, it poses a bit of a difficulty. In today's society, people don't really tend to like it when we make claims like that. We live in a society 
that doesn't seem to like claims to have the answer to anything, or at least not when it comes to matters of faith. According to a survey of Christians done in 2008, 52% of Christians didn't believe that there was just that one way to get to uh, for eternal life. They believe that non-Christian faiths can also lead to eternal life, which to me is a surprising number of people who don't quite believe that unique claim that Jesus makes. Some Christians even reckon in such a pluralistic and religiously diverse society, it might be better to lay off such talk as that. And you can see where they're coming from, but there's a lot at stake in denying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. People seem to prefer to keep their options open, and so being so bold as to say that is hard for people to do. But Jesus didn't say it to annoy people or to make people or to be exclusive. In fact, Jesus said, In my house are many rooms. Many rooms, not just enough for a select few, not just enough for the religious elite, but many. In fact, he didn't say it to exclude anyone, but to draw people in. People, whether they realise it or not, are in search of meaning. Often they're in search of God, but don't quite realise. And here Jesus is saying, I am the way to get to God. The human search for God ends here with Jesus. Jesus is the way to get to him. It's not intolerant. It's not hateful. But people these days tend to tolerate any viewpoint, as long as it's a view that's not saying it's the only one. But this does, and so this claim might annoy some people. Some people think it's an arrogant claim. Some people think it's unfair. But it's what Jesus said. It's not what anyone else has come up with it's what Jesus says and his words are far greater than anything we could come up with and Jesus can say this because it's true and we have evidence to support it Jesus isn't God's authorized representative here on earth he actually is God and so we don't need to doubt what he says or be suspicious of it we don't need to question it But in the midst of a world um, full of religious diversity, when we say that we believe Jesus is nothing less than fully God and fully man at the same time, people find that hard to, to grasp. But as the incarnate Son of God, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. But what does it mean to say that Jesus is the way? Well, simply put... It means that we should look to Jesus as to how God acts in the world. Jesus was with God in the beginning, and he was sent into the world not to just tell us about God, but to demonstrate how God wants us to live. As I said, not only that, he was actually God, God in human form. Other religions have representatives who have claimed to know the way to God, but Jesus is the only one who claimed to be God. Jesus' words have authority based on who he is. Jesus is God, and the way to get to God the Father is through him. And if we believe this is true, 
that he really was who he says he was, then this is a message of hope. It's not a message of despair. In fact, it's an invitation, rather an invitation for people to be part of it, rather than it being something that excludes people. It has to be said that, you know, there are good things to be learned from other religions, but if you want the God of the Bible, then it's only through Jesus that you can get him. He is the way. And our goal is to point others to God. Acts 4, 11 to 12 say, Jesus is a stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found under no one else, for there is no name under heaven and under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved and this is great news because it's really really clear if you want to get to God if you want a relationship with our creator God then you can through Jesus and Jesus not only claimed to be God but people saw for themselves that it was true he proved he was God through the things he did and the things he said he performed many miracles He turned water into wine, he made a lame man walk, he brought a hearing back to the deaf, he calmed a storm, he made the dead rise and he even rose from the dead himself. And he offers us new life and that is a message of hope. Trusting in Jesus is the same as trusting in God. He cures our troubled hearts, he prepares a way for us to get to heaven, which is great news. The way, the truth and the life is about hope, a hope that is for everyone. And commitment to Jesus as the way means that we don't follow what culture tells us is right. Instead, we look to Jesus, who is God's love in action in the world. Jesus, who is God on earth. Faithfulness to the mission of Jesus, the way of Jesus, means becoming more and more like him in his humility, and in valuing others above ourselves. Jesus shows us who God is and how God acts in the world. All roads don't lead to God. Jesus, the way, is is not about an inward-focused spirituality or a social activism. Instead, it's the way of humility for the sake of others. It's life he modelled and the life that we need to try and live. So that's the way, but what about the truth? There are loads of things claiming to be true out there. There are lots of things that are the next big thing that are going to solve all of the world's problems. So what is truth? Well, once when a stubborn disputer seemed unconvinced, Lincoln said, well, let's see, how many legs has a cow? For, of course, came the uh, disgusted reply, That's right, agreed Lincoln. Now suppose you call a cow's tail a leg. How many legs would the cow have now? Why, five, of course, came the confident reply. Now that's where you're wrong, said Lincoln. Calling a cow's tail a leg does not make it a leg. Truth is not changeable. Truth isn't found in abstract notions or theories but rather in the person of Jesus, the unique Son of God, the embodiment of truth. From this perspective, knowing truth depends on being in a proper relationship with this one person who is the divine truth. Jesus is so very different from all other prophets, witnesses and messengers from God. 
Jesus is all of these things, but he himself is God. Jesus is referred to as the Logos of God, the living and active word of God, the very basis of creation. And John 1, 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things are made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John clearly says when he, what he means when he says that Jesus is the Logos of God. And he certainly means more than an abstract truth. Jesus is presented as the all-encompassing truth of God, a truth that is personal, active, relational, and gracious. And because Jesus is the truth, we can't limit our understanding of him, just as like a moral teacher or a significant leader or someone who was ethical, because he was way more than that. And we can't make it a personal truth. You know, phrases like, um, you have your truth and I have mine, or maybe it's true for you, but it's not true for me. Because with that, there's no ultimate truth. Everything is interpretation. Yours, mine, ours, theirs, each as good as another. But what we're saying is to insist that some things are true for everyone, regardless of where they're from, regardless of what they believe or their particular opinions. Not everything that's claimed to be true actually is true. Some beliefs and convictions, however sincerely held they are, are not true. But the Christian message isn't our truth, it's the truth. A truth that we need to share with other people and share it with humility. And claiming that Jesus is the truth is a stark challenge to abstract ideas of truth. In Jesus, we discover that the truth is not merely intellectual, it's not even just moral, but it's personal and it's relational. And that's a real message of hope that we can share with other people. And the life Jesus offers us life in relationship with God. And it's not just about everlasting life, but it's about the difference that living in a relationship with God can make to our lives now. Through all eternity, God lives a life of love between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We read many times in the Bible that God is love. And it points not to simply to God's feelings, but to the life that God lives. Love is a verb. God is involved in giving, receiving, and sharing love from all eternity as three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And one of my favourite verses from back when I was a kid is John 10.10. It says, I came that you may have life, life in all its fullness. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to give us a full life in relationship with a loving God. And we are called to that life. We experience God's love in and through us. We represent God in the midst of a fallen world, in lives that reflect God's loving character, hopefully. Only through relationships and in community with each other 
can we really show what God is really like? When we recognize that Jesus is not just the truth, but is also the life, that means that we're not calling people to change their worldview or take up a moral stance, but we're inviting them to a relationship with God. Not a distant God, but one who became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, as the message version puts it. Not an abstract God, but a concrete fellowship of love with God through his people that we experience here and now as his church. To be a Christian means to participate in life. And it's through that life that we are called to be witnesses. We're called to be witnesses to our faith in Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And you might think that sharing our faith in a way that makes such a bold claim might be a bit pushy or intolerant. But you might see it as God pointing the way to him, a way that is available to absolutely everyone. Suppose someone discovered a cure for a major illness, might be a serious one, or even something as simple as the common cold. Imagine if they'd figured it out and it was 100% effective. They'd tell people. They wouldn't be scared of telling people because of people's reaction. They'd want people to know. Jesus offers us a 100% sure way of meeting the Father, and that's through him. Which brings me to my last question, I suppose. How do we live in a world where people don't believe this? Or where where they think that we can't make such claims because it's not politically correct? Well, some of you believe it, and some people might be on the fence. But whatever the case, we need to recognise the challenge of this claim. It's challenging, of course it is. Don't be surprised if people react against it. But it's Jesus' claim. And none of us can comment on what will happen when people die. We're not the judge of anyone. It's up to God. But I believe in the truth of the Bible. And Jesus says that he is the way to get to the Father. It's a challenging claim and Christians might struggle with a claim like that. But Jesus makes that way available to everyone. So it's not that exclusive after all. So when people question it, answer with humility. And remember that Jesus isn't giving us a list of things that he is. It's more like he's saying, I am the way because I am the truth, because I am the life. Trust Jesus and God's word. Offer Jesus who is the way, the truth and the life to those who, sh- who you share your life with. And just one final thing, I could leave it there, but right at the end of the passage we heard earlier, verses 12 to 14 say, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. How amazing is that? I think that's a truth that we're sometimes a little bit scared of accepting because it might change our futures. But we know that God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we want, but he does answer our prayers. And I, for one, believe that with God, all things are possible. 
Luke 1, 37, I think, says, God can do anything. Anything means anything. And our God, who can do anything, came to earth to live as a man, die for our sins, rise to life again, and offer us that hope of eternal life. God, who can do anything, has the right to claim to be the way, the truth, and the life. And it's up to each one of us to choose what we do with that.